Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined with Brett Freeman. Everyone. Zach Katie. Hey, hey, hey. And Jonathan Lee. Hello. So we are done the league. We are completely out of that. We said that last week. So we are back to our normal programming where we'll be talking about different uh, news. We'll be talking about the Z-Class shuttle this week. Uh, then we'll be talking a little bit about elicits. Uh, we're still waiting on some stuff from FFG. I think the leaked release date for all this stuff is obviously going to be the last Friday of September the 25th. So we got a little bit to go before then. Um, so we probably will get a couple more articles for the LAT and the HMP gunship. Uh, so, but do we have any news? Does anyone have anything? Nothing really kind of happened other than this article, right? Like the band league is still over. The band league is still over. Um, all right. So then why don't we just jump right into this lat? So obviously we don't have points, so we can't speculate too much into it. So we're going to start off with the spread. What the, what the spread kind of shows to us is we have, we're going to spoil everything that's with the cards, but we know what these sensor buoys are now. We see the reason that they're giving, they're giving us elicits, um, they looks like in the spread there is another card that we. Oh no, never. I don't know. That card right past contraband cybernetics. Does is that that's is that not Terex cyborg? I don't think so. I think that's a card that we don't know yet, right? Commander Pyre. No, the, 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 I'm thinking the, the card right past cybernetics. Um, it's a buoy, buoy, isn't it? It says no. buoy, but it says buoy. I think there is. It looks. I think it says buoy. Yeah, but it's definitely different than the it's sensor the, buoy. Yeah, yeah. it's a different color. So maybe, maybe it is illicit because it's tucked in between two illicits. Um, and then we also have some face down cards. So maybe there's another couple cards in this pack that we are not sure. Uh, it is coming out. Um, but so right off the bat we know it's a two agility ship with it is a six hull uh five hull two shields uh the dial i think is pretty decent like it's got the red stop it's the one banks the blue are blue um the one straight's blue but it also has like a two turn and the three turn is red but it still has turn so i think is pretty maneuverable i think it's going to be able to get around a little bit uh and my, it's definitely here as a support ship uh, and maybe if you don't want to invest all the points into an upsilon i think this is gonna do a very good job because i mean we have a lot of crew cards here to talk about so it's definitely packing full of them and we, we probably should go into like how these crew are going to be affected into uh with the upsilon so uh what are your first takes on this do you, do you guys anything so my favorite archetype has always been two aces and a support ship. Um, so I'm hoping that this can be that reasonably priced support ship because the Upsilon just took up way too much of your list that you had to give up too much on the aces uh, for my uh, preference. So I'm hopeful that this is going to be a, a new cool way to to get some FO you know combos going on uh, without having to devote a third of my list to it. Well, with its stat line, I don't know. I think it could even be support ship plus three aces, depending on who you bring. 
I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, so with it being two agility, I, I think this thing's going to stay alive for a good portion of the fight. Um, I don't really want to dare yeah. compare this thing to a it's... jump master prices, but I mean, it's almost similar in stat line. I mean, yeah, and I'm looking at like Hello. the who the aces are in FO, and outside of Kylo, they're all pretty reasonably priced. Sure. Like, I mean, I think um, it's going to be cheaper than a U-Wing is because they're both on a medium base and the dial is sort of similar to the U-Wing dial except that a U-Wing can pivot and turn around. Sure. Um, and then yeah, U-Wing has, has one more health, one more, and one more attack die. So it's got to be in the cheapest U-Wing is what, like 42 points? So it has to be cheaper than that. Zach, I didn't mean to cut you off. You, uh... No. No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely think so. Let's see, how much does a UN cost? Forty three points. Forty three points. Um, so maybe the generic one of these will maybe cost under forty. Um, maybe. Maybe I could also see it being just comparable to the UN because, like, again, like I don't think you can necessarily make straight points comparisons from faction to faction. Sure. Like. They may try and aggressively point this a little bit, like make it cheaper than the Upsilon, right? Which isn't hard. The Upsilon, like you said, Brad, is rather hefty in point cost. So give them us, you know, cheaper than that. So I think that's more where I'd look. Like, what is the cost of the base Upsilon? So the base Upsilon is. We got this. Uh, 58 points. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so I'd say anywhere from like. 10 anywhere from 15 points or so cheaper than that hmm. and one thing that we have to point is this does have a white jam which is a very strong action that just does not have yeah yeah i would i would almost I, my bet would be that the upper range the i5 is probably close to the base range of an up the epsilon except that that's just Pure speculation, pure sure. guesswork, but like, I right. think that's reasonable. Like, we're gonna give you like all of these below the base epsilon, so you have like a full range of support chips that are cheaper than bringing the behemoth that is the epsilon. And that way, you can really kit them out with toys to support other ships. Just run that archetype archetype that you're talking about, Brett, of support ship plus aces. Right now, yeah, like the Upsilon really can't do that all that well because by the time you put anything on there to support aces, don't got room for many aces. Yeah, the the different the two difference in attack dice though, I think is just super huge between those two. Where like if my choice is one of the higher initiative uh, Z shuttles or the base Upsilon, I think I'm going with the base Upsilon. So I'm hoping they're going to price these a little more competitively than that, just because of the the lack of firepower. That is a valid point. Um, yeah, and the five's ability isn't that amazing, right? No. Yeah, yeah. You're not really doing anything initiative based with this. I mean, I'm sure you probably could, but nothing like I'm going to kill you first. Like you're not initiative killing things with this, right? The late stage coordinate. Yeah. And being able to coordinate at crazy ranges with their lists or their tech nonsense. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that with biohex codes. Um, 
I'd be interested to see if this thing has two uh, tech slots. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So why don't we? Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, that card you were talking about next to contraband cybernetics. I'm sorry. It doesn't say boy. It says shot something shot. Okay. So it's something that we still don't know yet. All right. So let's jump into crew cards here. So first we're going to start off with Commander Malaris. While a friendly non-limited ship at range 0 to 1 performs a primary attack, that ship may reroll one blank result. If it does and the attack does not hit, you must flip this card. And then it says, while you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye arc, you must convert all eye results to hit results and it gain one stress. Then if you have or if you have two or more stress tokens, suffer one damage. So, um I, I don't it's it's a decent card, I think. I mean I think you would would you prefer to take the, the perfected side? I mean, is this thing really gonna care about attacking all that much though? So in, it, in the bullseye, like I think this is such a weird card. Uh, so okay, and it's it's limit it's non limited ships. So it's kind of like you're going to be taking what like the generic tie um, silencers with this thing. Yeah, I think that's the one. You're, or you're taking the like the FOs or, the or whatever. FOs, right? Yeah, but two dice could miss no matter what. I mean, tie SFs special forces gunner. It's so I think mods are good, and I think I don't know if SFs, uh, maybe, but I, I think would you do this with like a not a, a future swarm, but like just an FO swarm to kind of be like try oh. to get this flipped and then get all your other ships that, uh, oh, but it's only when you perform an attack, yeah, that's the yeah, thing. It's like okay. with, with tie FOs, like odds are. Your first one has a solid chance of missing with its two attack dice. And then eh? And you don't you don't have to to do the reroll, I guess. So you can yes. you can be judicious on that, I guess, but uh this needs to be, in my mind, really cheap for me to wanna first waste a crew slot on this and second uh, you know, give myself that decent chance that all those points are going to become pretty useless when I have a shuttle with two attack dice that's worried about its bullseye arc. Yeah. Right, and I was even thinking about the Epsilon. Like, it would be pretty useful if you get that bullseye arc off and then you're like, whatever, I don't care about the damage. But, I mean, the chances of you landing that bullseye arc and this going off, I, it's probably not even worth it. Well, it also shuts off a bunch of the best parts of your dial, right? Like, I'm afraid to zero stop once it's flipped, because then I end up double stressed right. if something lands in my bullseye arc. I think the, the ship that I like this on the most is the Starkiller base. Um, and then you just you save that reroll just for yourself. And, you know, if you have a focus, then you're probably going to be hitting pretty hard. Man, maybe this is like an epic card that, like, you just have star killer bases with like on top of star killer bases so you're trying to flip it with the uh non-limited sh uh, ship and then when it does flip you're like okay i i got this little buff i mean 
maybe we're going to start seeing more epic cards integrated into the game through these packs. Yeah. I still feel like the drawback here, like you want to be using this, I feel like on just the perfect shots. You don't want to be using this on on every shot because you just have a ship that happens to be at range zero to one and they could do it. Because nice. that that uh, perfected side or whatever is really, I mean, a big drawback on these uh, right. shuttles. But I think at the same time, it's kind of like because you're doing it on non-limited ships, it's like you. I, I feel like you want to be spamming as much firepower because, you know, we all know that it's a damage race at that point. Like you're surviving as long as you can and then you want to be pushing as much damage through as possible. So I, I think that's like kind of like the basis behind it. Trip Salon is back with this baby. <laughs> Maybe not. I, yeah but but like like i said like i mean like even thinking about like the fo's like okay like so let's say you have something like uh the tie silencers whatever their generics called i think like even still then maybe you is when you um consider that brett but like like i said i think if you're taking ss or if you're taking fo's like, I think I'm trying to spam as much damage as possible. And, like, maybe if this card is super cheap, like, even two points, like, I'm hoping that I'm not flipping that card and just taking those rerolls. Yeah, so if it's two points or something like that, I agree. Right, and as always, our favorite thing is that it's points dependent. Um, if it if it's that cheap, though, then I feel like you're going to have an Upsilon problem. So I think that this is a card that because of that four die primary Upsilon, they're not going to be allowed to or able to let it be, you know, two points or whatever that you would need for it to be useful with generic FOs. I agree. Yep. All right. So, Malaris, I'm giving a thumbs down. Yeah, <laughs> not not super interested, like I said, just in the Starkiller basis, potentially. I was always a Tripsilon player. We're always FO players. All right, so next up on the list is Agent Herex. Set up. Equip this card face up and place three calculated tokens on this card. At the start of the engagement phase, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 and remove one calculated token from this card to have that ship gain a matching token. Then, if there are no calculated tokens on this card, flip it. During the system phase, roll one attack die on a hit or crit Gain a Calculate token, otherwise gain a Jam token. Action, transfer one Calculate or Jam token to a ship at range 0 to 3. I like this card a lot. Like, I, I think it's really cool because, like, even if you get the Jam token, like, it's kind of like identifying your action that you're going to be jamming uh, something at range 0 to 3. Uh, but... I, at the same time, if you get that calculate token, it's just the buff. Like, uh, so the, I'm just talking about the back side, obviously. Um, and the front side is it's kind of like you're buffing your your anyone, squ- yeah, your squad for three rounds almost. And then the back side isn't that bad of a drawback. Like, at worst case scenario, is you're actively jamming someone at all times, and is that ever really a bad thing? Like. Suck no. Jedi, like use yeah, your I mean, force. the front side is three three rounds. You get to turn someone into a force user, and the back side is that half the time you're going to be a force user, and the other half you can either reposition or jam someone. Like, 
none of those options seem bad. I'm mostly just confused about this character. I, so do we know it? Where is Agent Terex from? I feel I have, like I heard that he's from he's the Poe Dameron comics, but I've never comics, read him. Any... Okay. Because it just looks like he's like this dude selling them intel, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm out of intel to sell you. Put a chip in my brain. <laughs> right, like, it's it even looks like two different people in these pictures. He shows up to, like, sell them intel sometimes, and they're like, we already knew that one. What else you got? I got nothing. Well, we'll take you instead, slave. You know what FO needs? It needs uh, uh, Benicio Del Toro's character. Yeah. It's kind of who I almost thought this was at first without taking like a closer glance at the art. Completely right. agree. Yeah, that's I, I that seemed like it fit with his uh his image. Well, especially with like him like wearing the uh, FO outfit on on the bay on the big star mm-hmm. destroyer. So I was like first like a very quick glance, I thought that's who it was. Sad it's not, and now I'm just really confused as to who this person's story is. Right. Um, uh, but regardless, I, I think this is very self-explanatory that this thing is good. It's, yeah. you know, it's going to be buffing your primary ships, your squad, whatever. It's, it's going to be giving them that calculate token. And then it's going to be just m- making sure in the later rounds that it's doing some kind of damage or even uh, staying alive as long as it can, I think. Um, it's probably going to be a top priority like target with people so i mean the jam can only help it's a shame that you like it's a i think it's cool that it's random that you don't really get to decide if it's a jam or a uh calculate token but i think at the same time uh you know you're spending that action to almost give like a coordinate or a jam at range zero to three so uh, i'm all on board for this like i would imagine this thing's going to be like eight to nine if not more points yeah i think this is also just like the perfect g class shuttle card Right. Like, if the Z-Clash cuddle is as cheap as presuming it is, like, this is perfect for that, because admittedly, like, that ability hurts something like an Upsilon a little bit more. Not that Upsilon's, like, 100% need actions, but if you're bringing a four-gun ship, you want it to do something. Right. So, put it on the two-gun ship that you really don't give a crap if it ever shoots anything well. Mm-hmm. Boom. I love it. I like it. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of K2SO, just in the ability to to buff your your squad mates, I guess. Um, so I think like cost wise, that's where I'm going to try and comp it with is you know the eight points for K2. That is 100 percent fair. Uh, so let's talk. I about... think it'd be. Yeah. I was just trying to think how would it be on uh, what's his name, Lieutenant Tavson in the Upsilon. Um, why Tavson? Because he gets well, the actions like, back. Yeah, he gets the extra actions, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, just... like So he can get the jam and... token, and then he can use his action to jam, and then he can get hurt, and sure. then he can... Throw Terex and Kylo yeah, on him? Do another jam. He's... <laughs> he's a good... And then, like, it's a good way to sort of protect Terex. Like, people don't like to shoot him, so they're less likely to shoot Terex crew... Right, uh, and then range zero to three is huge, but like from a large base, it becomes even bigger. Right, uh, and you have the yeah, Brett. What you said, you get like double jam action, like because you're not really taking a jam action; you're just transferring a token. Yep. I think that's like one of those combos that sounds really cute on paper, 
and then yeah. it's just really not worth it. Not worth it. Um, yeah, I think it'll depend on points, right? Because like I said, like you could put some, even like put some force users on taps and to just also help mitigate this, depending on the number of clue slots. All right, so here's the thing. With Tafson, uh, I, I think I'm trying to maybe keep him in the fight as long as possible. Like, I know there's a point where he just becomes completely out of it, and he's, you know, always going to be at the backside. And there, I, I think it might be useful. But I, I think at the same time, Tafson's ability is just so good to be able to, like, sit back and snipe there where if you're shooting him, he's probably getting a focus target lock shot on you. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if I like, I, again, I think that sounds cool on paper, but I think in the damage race, Tavson might be better utilized elsewhere. Um, that being said, I've been wrong a lot. So, um, we still love you though. That's fine. I mean, like like I said, my idea, though, is Tavson would have to, you know, take advantage of all that damage he can put out. Those double modded four dice, five dice shots are premium. They are, yes. Um, okay, so let's shoot into Commander Pyre. Set up. After placing forces, choose an enemy ship. It gains two stress tokens. While you defend, if the attacker is stressed, you may reroll one defense die. So it's kind of like reverse Sloan. It's reverse Sloan, except not as good because they can just choose not to shoot you and that second part of the ability never matters. That's fair. But I, I think this is a really cool card. I like seeing weaponized stress coming back. Um, there's not a lot of ways that we have right now to, to use stress offensively, and I can't think of any off the top of my head that allows us to give out two stress tokens except for Sloan. Um, I guess my question though is like how often does that super matter in turn one and turn two? Um, Phantoms? Yeah, so it's great in a Phantom meta for sure. Right, there's there's absolutely no doubt about that and it's pretty good against um, Jedi who... Like, I, it really never mattered to me where you were going to set up because depending on where you went, I could either be on the right side of the board, the left side of the board, or up on your side of the board. Um, and, you know, now that's no longer an option for them. But I, I agree, right? Turn one and two, not really the, the best turns. If this said, you know, pick a turn, spend a charge, and then give someone two stress tokens. It would Even if it was like pick ridiculous. a turn ahead of time? Yeah, but... Um, that that would just be ridiculous. This is this seems like a really balanced card where it's you you have to think about it a lot when deploying forces. But um, I agree that a lot of times the stress part isn't gonna do too much outside of. I mean, um, what the if deployment. you're what if you're throwing this on dormants? Yeah, that's that's a situation <laughs> where it could matter a lot if if we get a dormants, uh, you know. Oh return. man, yeah. I, I mean, like dormance is expensive now, but I mean, <coughs> if me. if you are like throwing this on him and like getting some fast ships, like that's those two stress could super matter. And maybe this is why dormance is still seventy yeah. points. I mean, uh, I think uh, I think that might be the way to go with it. Is just do- throw this on dormance and then being like, okay, I'm going to see you the next turn, whether you like it or not. Um, and it, this could really cripple some aces if that's the, you know the case. 
I mean, like like you were saying, like any Jedi that won double reposition or like they, they might just can be completely limited to uh, where they're going to be going now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then again, we, we talked about Phantoms, like they're not going to be able to cloak until turn three. So they have to really kind of, you know, worry about not getting their evade token or anything like that. So I, I think this is a really interesting card and I, I like it a lot. I, I think it could be cool in some combos. Um mm. And that, and you know who's really gonna hate this card? RZ two A wings. Sure. Since they're stressed, you know, always, <laughs> and they only get two attack dice to begin with. Like that's a, a solid way, I think, to bring down their usefulness. I do think you bring up a good point, though, Andrew. Like, Dormets is gonna make it hard. To, I'm interested to see what this thing ends up being priced with Dormets being a thing. Right, so, okay, now, hear me... All right, let, I'm going to swap these two cards. Um, so, with that coming out, and then Sensor Buoy Suite. Like, I, I've been looking at this card, and I think it's been getting a lot of, um, like, criticism where people are just like, I, it's not going to be good, but I, I think it's it's going to have, like, its place. Like, so, Sensor Buoy Suite is before setting up... Uh, place for, or before placing forces... Place two sensor buoy remotes beyond range two of any edge. Before you engage, you may acquire a lock on a ship at range zero to one of a friendly sensor buoy, ignoring range restrictions. So now I know people are thinking like, okay, you know, they're just going to kill these sensor buoys or anything like that. Like now if you combine this with biohex codes or anything like that, like you're now going to be able to uh, like jam or even get your uh friendly ships uh coordinated like at different range so like dormants who might be lagging behind uh could definitely take advantage of something like this if he's got biohex on his uh you know loadout so uh, i definitely think that this is something that like is thought out like i mean it's not definitely staple to any of these e-class shadows i think this is more of an upsilon upgrade um but I I'm a little bit excited about this. Like I think there's so many possibilities with the sensor buoys. Like Tavson just wants this. Like imagine Tavson being able to uh, jam with Agent Terex and then you know still being able to get a focus and then he's able to get a free lock through sensor buoys. Like I I think these are really cool. Yeah. This this I I guess I hadn't been paying too much attention. Because I hadn't heard the hate on this card, but anytime you get a free like token, that's a good thing. And I don't see why this would be getting a lot of hate, right? Like before you engage, you get the lock, so you already know exactly what the board state's gonna look like. Um, and maybe you're not able to get the lock on an enemy ship, but you take it on your a friendly ship, and then you can uh, you know, potentially get a range infinity coordinate. Like, what what's the downside here, I guess? Right, I I don't know. Like I, I think people are just up. Like they they might just think that it's not ever gonna be worth it, or you know they're gonna blow up. So like the sensor buoys, they do have. I believe. Um, I see three agility. I don't see three agility. We don't see how many. Uh, assumedly one hull, just like the DRK right. one probe droids. And I don't think they. It doesn't say anything about moving. So. But, I mean, like, and the other thing is, like, right, it, it's an acquire a lock. It's not a lock action, so you get it for free. Um, it's also could, you know, potentially throw up some no-go zones. So, like, if you put these sensor buoys, you could put them right on top of each other if you're worried about them blowing up and you want a specific zone that you want to play in. 
um, I think this is really kind of a neat upgrade, and it's it's a shame. Like I said, it's a shame that it's medium or large base. But I think the Upsilons, any of the Upsilons, could use this. I'm sure uh, any of the shuttles could use it, um, and it's definitely working. Even if like your opponent decides to shoot at it for a turn, like good, yeah, exactly. That's a like, shot that's not coming at something that matters, right? So I I think this is a very cool upgrade, and and it's i know there a lot of people are like combo wing no like i also kind of think that it like it needs a place in the game like if you can really like make these different like card setups out there like it's a different aspect of the game of just spamming ships like i kind of i know other people do enjoy that as well yeah i mean i think my guess on where people are getting down on this is that they're picturing that you always put it on your opponent's side of the board and i don't think you do Right? No, like, I, I was, yeah, like maybe you put one like three quarters of the way up the board or something, but the other one you put by you. I don't think he put either of them on either side of the board. Like, right? Like, like you said, if they're shooting at this and not shooting at me, great. If they can shoot at it, turn one or two, and neither of us would generally have shots anyways, then you screwed up putting it there. Like, don't mm-hmm. do that. Like, put it where you want the engagement to happen. Like, put both of them in like the rough area you want like the engagement to happen and just say, cool this is where i'm gonna be that's not necessarily you know fortressing because i'm gonna put him you know, a little bit out into the board and i'm mm-hmm. just gonna say like this is the area where i want the engagement to be if you don't want it to be here well sucks to be you if this is you know the optimal part of the board for where you wanted the engagement to happen too but my agency and like put them on top of the obstacles yeah right like they they'll be obstructed then now we're looking at at least four dice on defense yeah. True. I mean, it makes it a little bit harder to get that zero to one range that you need, depending on the obstacle you put them on top of. But for the defense side, I do agree. Uh, okay, so finally, we have automated target priority. While you perform an attack, you must choose a defender at the closest valid attack range. After you perform an attack that missed, place one calculate token on this card. Before you engage, you may remove one calculate token from this card to gain one a matching token. Initiative three or lower. Is this card just garbage? Like, am I missing something? I do not think it's garbage, so I'm going to say yes. Okay, why do you think it's good? I'm agreeing um, with Brett. So, first off, I think it's cool that it's initiative three or lower, but let's ignore that. You throw this on something that has snapshot, uh, you're probably going to miss with that snapshot. Now you're kind of completely okay with that. It's it's like a mini ray from 1.0, which was such a useful card to get those uh, double modded shots on there. And uh, actually, I love the timing on here of before you engage instead of at the start of the engagement phase like Ray used to be, because I would literally have to write Ray on my hand as big as I could. So I would not forget to move that focus token over. And now I don't have to worry about this. Uh, the downside here, like, oh, no, I have to attack the closest target to me. That's probably who I was going to attack anyway, or at least I was going to think hard, long and hard about attacking them. I guess, like, like, okay, like, I, I get that. Like, I understand that getting the calculate token is very good, but I also like that must choose the defender that is the closest valid uh, target. Um, I don't know. I, I mean. I like there's uh, no. Like, there are times, right, where you have one one hole left on your ship that's running away at range three, and I would love to be able to shoot that, but 
like this is on an initiative three or lower, I'm probably like if I'm already at that point in the game and this ship is still alive, I've probably gotten enough value out of it. Maybe. Yeah, like I said, like uh, that that scares me a little bit because, like, especially because I know my play style, I I definitely do the cycle game where if something has you know one health left, it's probably out of there, and if I know that this is you know on there, then it's uh, it's completely safe. But um, mm-hmm. I, and the other thing is this isn't faction restricted too, so yeah, you can throw this on the A wings. Uh, I don't know. I I think this has to be cheap for me to even consider taking it. Any other? I, uh, <laughs> I I I think it really really depends on what ship you put it on. On any of the like two die primary ships, with the tech slot, I think it's fine. Like, I think it's pretty good, actually. Like, yeah. they probably want to be shooting at the thing closest to them anyways, like we said. Like, mm-hmm. they just do. That's, that's the two-die life. In fact, it probably will help a lot of players and just... Most of the time with a two-die ship, you should be shooting at the closest thing at, to you anyways. This just takes that mental hurdle out of the way for you. and just says you have to do it. That and I do is... like that it's not the closest thing to you it's anything in the closest band so if there's yes. several things in that band you still get to choose which one you want now i definitely don't like it being spammed like let's say it's super cheap and we could just throw it on a you know a bunch of of a wings or something like that um where they could easily have different range bands to to their targets then i don't like that because a lot of times just you know the concentrated fire is your best priority, but if you just have, you know, one or, or maybe two low initiative ships, I mean, it. I, I think this has to be pretty cheap because it does take away, you know, some pretty significant agency there. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you changed my mind because I just saw you can put it on quad jumpers. <laughs> there you go. Once they're it's on scum, wanna... Andrew's <laughs> in. I'm in. <laughs> and they're going to want to attack the thing they just char- or attracted at range one. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't know. I, I still think uh, I have to really see the points on this. I'm not in on this completely yet. Um... Oh, yeah, Andrew, I think uh, I agree with I with you. I don't know. How, how many calculate tokens do you think you're going to get out of a with this on a tie fo or anyway i just don't know i mean you don't want to right. well, i guess yeah i mean you don't want to miss but i guess it gives you a a little benefit when you do right and it's like because like you are getting you're probably spending your or saving your focus for defense so i mean i guess if you're you're spending that focus and then you have that calculated it's kind of like you know at this point in the game maybe that ship isn't even worth the points if it's missing uh, i don't know um yeah uh, i we'll have to see we'll have to put this on the table once it gets out to see if it does matter it definitely has to be very cheap though right sure. i i think we can all agree on that, that this is not yeah. like a five point card Especially in the valuable tech slot. Yeah. The valuable. Where I can just put advanced optics. On everything. 
on everything. Okay, let's go into this. Let's jump over to the pilots because we still have a little bit to talk about. Um, so let's start with Commander Malaris. So I-5, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs a primary attack, if it has one or more blank results, that ship must gain one strain token to reroll one blank result if able. So I like this way more than the crew card. <laughs> you like do you? One? Do you? I do. Uh, yeah, I do too. Right, because you're you bring this with a bunch of like I ones, and that strain token is really not a big deal, especially in FO where they have the great dials. That's true. Um, and so yeah, I I mean you don't bring this with Kylo. Right, I guess if you really list build around, like I'm gonna bring one i5 and a ton of gen- like low initiative generics. I guess, I guess. It's, I mean, it's like a better, it's a better Hellrunner right. at zero to two. I mean, much wider bubble, and even though you're strained, your opponents, if they spread their shots out at all your different strained ships, that's good because you don't, they're not focus firing on one ship. I mean, that's even if they they get the strain off. Like, I mean, what Brett was saying, they, that FO dial has so many blues that if you're bringing low initiatives, you could be clearing them before oh, yeah, yeah. they even uh, attack. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I guess the thing I don't like about it is that it does tie you into building a list a certain way. That's fair. Um, yeah, and, and, and I mean, I'm probably not going to use it much because I don't enjoy those types of lists, but... Uh, like I, I definitely like it more than that. Oh no, I missed one time with my two die ship, and now I have to flip it over to a useless side crew card. <laughs> I mean, if you're putting automated target priority, you could just. Hey, I'm still thinking Malaris of three generic upsilons. Oh. <laughs> I don't hate it. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I'll hate it when I play you, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, so going up next, I think, like I said, this is just, you know, another swarm card that people are going to, it's another sinker, another how runner. Um, so there yep. we go. Not much, you know, we know how they perform and we know how well the, uh, FOs actually do. So it's going to yep. be relevant. Uh, so next Gideon Hask is still around. And while you or a friendly small ship at range zero to two perform a primary attack against a damaged defender, if the attacker rolled two or fewer attack dice, it may gain one strain token to roll one additional attack die. Um, love those hoops. Love yeah, those. I know, right? Like, I almost <laughs> fell asleep in the middle of reading this card. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, I mean, could you... I wonder if you could fit Gideon and Malaris. And I mean, I'm sure you can. It's just... Right, right, I'm sure you can. But, I mean, how many FOs do you bring? Because uh, does, uh, does a Blue Maneuver clear all strat- strain or just one? Just one. Just one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that you necessarily want to combine them. I mean, I, I I guess you could, but um, it. Well, I mean, what if you brought them both and then you got to choose? I mean, if, yeah. So you get to choose if you want a Gideon or not. But adding an attack die is so valuable that I I think if you have that poss or that choice, you're 
you're almost always going to do it unless you think it's really the, you know, what's going to kill that ship. Yeah, I think that's the thing is I would never bring both of them. And given the choice between the two, I think I always take Gideon. I think. Yeah, I mean, Gideon, he takes a lot more setup, right? Like he's more of a middle game ship where Malaris is, is useful potentially the entire time. But that adding an attack die is, is so valuable. The problem like, is that you only get to add it if you're not at range one. So, uh, okay, we have the math for this, right? Like, is getting the mod a better probability of, as opposed to getting the extra attack dice? I mean, it kind of comes out to almost the same math, right? Should be the same, right? Yeah. Should be exactly the same. So it's hmm. like... But you're, it should be technically the same, but you're also limiting the higher potential output. Yeah. Yeah, and then there are times when you're not rolling any blanks. Right. I so Malaris only works on blanks. So. so maybe Gideon is the uh, better option there. I mean, do you think is it meta dependent on like it seems like you'd be really good against separatists, unshielded factions? You know. That is true. Like he is not very good until a bunch of shields are gone. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think you bring both. I went I went three dice at fully modded attacks. All I right. think you're a madman. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so again it feels like it's another swarmy um ship, which uh, it's kind of cool that these these two cards definitely fit into the swarms. I think this next card is a little bit different. It kind of is more of a support card for maybe your named pilots. So Agent Tarek says, uh, after placing forces, choose any number of your equipped illicit upgrades and equip them to friendly TIE FO or TIE SF fighters. Each ship can be assigned only one illicit this way. End of game return all the uh, illicits to the original ships. I think this is really cool because I'm a fan of illicits and I, I know... You don't say. Contraband is clearly one of the best, and I'm surprised that nobody in other factions really uses it much with the options there. Like, I mean, like, so Han can take, or Han can't take it, RIP. Um, but the YTs can take it, the Fireballs can take uh, Elicits, and I think this only really kind of helps. Um, something like you know quick draw who might need that extra um might need that extra focus yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> well we're not gonna get into that but i mean inertial dampeners i think is very good on quick draw being an i6 and he sees someone blow right past him and you know you don't want to bump or and you have that fcs on there i i think this could see some potential play um I know there is a lot of, con not controversy, but I think the way people are ruling is that if you put inertial dampeners on quick draw, it, uh, it doesn't he, trigger. He does yeah. not trigger. So, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think that's something that we need to see in the rules reference guide uh, if they ever come out with that. But I think most people are saying that it cannot trigger quick draws. But 
it still, I think, has a pretty good upside of being I6 and having perfect information. And if you need to stop, you know, that's when you throw this on there. It's got value, but does it have enough value that I don't want to bring Agent Tarek's crew card if I'm going to bring one of these shuttles? I don't think so. That's fair. Yeah, but I could throw a rigged cargo chute onto an Upsilon. No, you can. It's only FO or SF. Oh, that's right. Because right. I was actually right. thinking, boy, you know who would really love inertial dampeners is freaking Tavson, because then he can stay in place twice. <laughs> right. And then he's actually useful for a significantly longer part of the game. I mean, uh, I think yeah, Contraband right. Cybernetics, he could even take his actions while stressed. Mm hmm. But stress they, again. they clearly made sure that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Um, Fine. So, okay, my, I think with this card, it's interesting. I think, so like I said, it looks like we might have another illicit coming. It, there was one tucked away in there um, that might be something that really helps these guys out. I think the other thing to like call out from the card is that at least sounds like from the wording of the text, at least Agent Terex, but I would assume all the G class shuttles have multiple illicit slots. I mean, because if you can choose any number of your equipped, yeah, definitely Agent Terex does for sure, right? Or else that would not make any sense at all, right? Right, so when it says any number of your equipped, it's referring to the ship, it's not yes. so. I mean, Terex probably has at least more than one. I don't know if any other ones yeah. could possibly. Um, yeah. Just just throwing that out there is an interesting wording. Right. Pick out. Yeah. So are there any other things that you would throw elicits onto in, in this faction? I mean, you don't have much in the way of options yeah. with the way he is written, right? So you... Do you just I, throw I, Dead Man Switch on a couple of uh, tie FOs? I mean, even feedback... Man, the thing is, you can only throw one Dead Man Switch into one tie FO. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. That's, that's like the downside to this thing. Yep. So, I think that's also the downside to it. Do you throw a cloaking device on somebody funny? That'd be hilarious. Imagine Kylo. I know you can't, but just throw a cloaking device on Kylo. Midnight with cloaking device. <laughs> and you know the problem with contraband is that these guys can all take pattern analyzer. Yeah. Like, I, I would rather have that. Yeah. I think it really depends on what the new... If he comes with a new illicit, what the new illicit is. Yeah, there is that card that that Andrew pointed out. We couldn't see it. It has something to do with bullseye arcs. And it's in amongst the other illicits. So. Right, so it's probably an illicit. But, uh... Then again, they also threw the uh, initiative values on the ship cards out of order, which killed my OCD. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to scream. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, they, they had to clearly cover up the, uh, you know... Eligibilities, yeah. All the ones that they then expose. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, but we could have known all this in March if they had done it a different way. <laughs> no, it could have been just as fine if it was five, four, three, two. The two still would have covered up the three. Yes, I three, agree. five, four, two means no sense. FFG, what are you doing? You're killing Zach. <laughs> you did it. You broke him. 
Um, I I think this whole pack seems really awesome, though. Like, I'm very excited for... I mean, crew options are always, like, some of the coolest parts of the game. And I'm really excited about all of these options, I think. Yeah, Nothing I will say... seems um, unfun. I, I will say I was, like, super down on this. Is like, why are they getting another support shuttle? Why are they getting a mini Upsilon? But I agree with Brett. Like, now that I've seen the stuff that's coming with it... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm more on board. Especially because, like I said, I really like the idea of it with three budget aces or two really good aces. Sounds really intriguing to me. Right. I mean, God, and if it's cheap enough, I mean, you might be able to put this with Kylo, Von Reg, and like someone else who's not just complete garbage. Yeah, there, there are some interesting stuff to be had there. Hmm. All right, so I think. Oh, yep. And on on the broken side, I I realized earlier you thinking of Commander Pyre and the ridiculous things you could do with Dormits. <laughs> Dormits blackout and hollow come to like one eighty six, I think. Yeah, one eighty six. So that leaves you fourteen points for Pyre and who knows what else. Yeah, we might be onto something, man. <laughs> I mean, because if you really think about it, like, I mean, like, okay, stress isn't necessarily, uh, like, all that bad. But, I mean, like, in that first volley, like, if you can, like, really kind of, like, sick the hounds on, like, that one ship, like, it, it could be, like, a, a game changer. Mm. And, I mean, it just really impacts the moves that they can do in the beginning. Right. Right. They're going to be restricted to blue moves to clear at least one of those stress. So, you know, if they have an Upsilon, no, no stalling in the quarter or, uh, you know, if it's it, a ship without a great dial, you're not doing a five straight to try and get into the engagement early. Right. I don't know. I just, I think it's, it really is a lot of cool options. I'm very excited about it. I know I said it before. Right. But... And I think it opened up, opens up the faction a lot. Like I think, uh, the, with the Upsilons being so expensive, these are definitely probably, I, can, I could not imagine them being the same price as Upsilons. So I, I think it's really going to open up a lot of things. Um, you're not going to see the same things in this faction anymore. Um, and I, I think on the other side, like these upgrades also really help the Upsilons. And you might start to see a little bit more of them come in, back into play. I, I feel like since like Focho came out that... Uh, we've really kind of not seen any upsons, especially Tavs and around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of a sudden, this has become a really balanced faction. It seems like, you know, they, yeah, they had to balance it before they completely just kill the FO faction because Disney's done with it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> balance it before it gets burned down. Right. Like that is the Kylo strategy. Complete faction. Kill it if you have to. All right, so any final thoughts on anything else you want to touch base on this? No. Yeah, I think we just need points. We need like points. A lot of these, some of these things, depending on, and we always say it, like if Terex is cheap, like the crew card, that's going to like be incredibly powerful. If he's 15 points, then you know, no one's going to look at him. Maybe they'll take Terex shuttle. I mean, they'll look at him at least twice because they think he's Benicio Del Toro. 
And yes. they realize he's not, and they'll stop looking at him. We we ah, what, what was his name? I know it's driving me crazy too. Did he have? Did he DJ? even have a name? He did. Have DJ. A name. DJ. I think it started with a D. DJ. DJ? Don't don't join. Don't join. Uh huh. There we go. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, That is our hot takes on the Z-Class shuttle. Uh, So, uh, uh, upcoming events, I think we have something in the works. We still are figuring out the details, so we're not going to uh, announce it yet. But stay tuned for that. If you are a fan of the show check us out on facebook check us out on patreon the prizes for the league will probably be going out this week i know i made an announcement in the discord that uh there might be some delays i know the post office is experiencing some delays and that is the way they are coming out so uh like i said they should be shipped by the end of the week so just keep an eye out for them and i will try to make sure that everyone gets their stuff Um, other than that, I want to thank everyone for listening and have a good night.